Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. James Hinkinson is the president of Fact and Logic about the Middle East. It's an organization called Flame. And uh, we wanted to understand uh, if there will be a positive impact on the fact that the EU has slammed Hamas's use of civilians as human shields. James, a very, very good morning to you. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, what, what I found interesting was this article was put out yesterday. I started seeing it on Reuters and a number of other places. But but there's always still a way to to kind of uh, uh, my haters on social media said yes, but it doesn't talk about the hospital specifically, and it doesn't talk about that specifically. So maybe you know it's a different different story. Uh, but let's just start before we go to the denial. Let's just talk about what brought the EU to actually make the statement. Well, <laughs> it's a good question. Um, Odds are very much against it, so it, it really is a courageous move on the EU's part. Mm. They have no, uh, many of the EU countries have large Arab populations. The street is very vocal, a lot of demonstrations against uh, uh, Israel's actions, and very few supporting uh, Israel. So it was, um, I can't, I'm not sure I can give you a, a clean explanation for it except they did the right thing they they did the ethical thing the uh and really if you are concerned about what's uh right in the uh in the rules of war you have to support what israel is doing and you have to oppose what hamas is doing by using human shields by, by uh taking hostage of civilians lots and lots of uh, war crimes are being committed. So they also um, asked the, that the uh, American Red Cross be allowed to visit the hostages, mm, which mm. Uh, also be a, a positive step. They declined to call for a ceasefire, which was also a positive step. So I would say, all in all, it was the very bold and courageous act on the EU's and, part. And as you said, quite unexpected. It's not what we've, what we've come to, to uh, expect from many of these organizations, including the United Nations. Uh, this isn't not something that, that we've seen. It is, uh, it, it is uh, unusual, and perhaps maybe Germany's influence, because we see Germany having banned Hamas. We see Switzerland considering banning Hamas, or banning the protests, rather, so, so there is definitely a concern within Europe, but it must be, uh, you know, it's not a uniform acceptance of Israel's position in, within the EU. Not at all. It's not at all. And I don't think, um, you know, there, there, the question has arisen whether this uh, move on the EU's part could influence the United Nations. And I, I seriously doubt it. I mean, there is a very strong majority of countries that oppose Israel in every way, shape, or form, no matter what Israel does. So I don't think it would swing the, the, uh, and certainly not the Security Council. This is the General Assembly has an overwhelming majority against Israel. Mm. And, uh, China and Russia certainly in the Security uh, uh, Security Council would oppose any move to uh, chasten uh, Hamas. So I don't think that's likely. But still, it's a very positive step, and uh, we can we can cheer that. They could have gone further, but um, 
but but they didn't and were happy with what they've done. Right. To me, one of the biggest stories of this war is is the United Nations, and I I think it's it's time that we shifted quite a lot of our focus back to them. And the reason that I say that is we probably got in that small area of land probably one of the highest representations of United Nations uh, personnel more than anywhere else in the world. We've got schools funded by them. We've got hospitals. We've got representatives. And yet, and yet, uh, we, we know that rockets have been launched from within, you know, literally meters of where the United Nations were based. We see that there are tunnels underneath schools and hospitals. We've seen um, ammunition in UNRWA classrooms. We've seen um, anti-Semitic reading material at the UNRWA schools, um, even though they were asked to, to, to remove them and haven't. This organization, this is, to me, a spectacular failure of the United Nations, which is problematic in that it probably also means the United Nations has to double down and make Israel the villain because otherwise uh, these questions might be asked. What's your thoughts on this? Well, uh, our organization has for decades opposed UNRWA, the uh, United Nations uh, Relief and Welfare Agency supporting Palestinians. They not only do they do the things that you mentioned, but you know they actually teach jihad in the classroom. Uh, they are perpetuating the so-called refugee status of not refugees but descendants, children, grandchildren, great grandchildren of the original 1948 uh, uh, refugees. So they are perpetuating the situation. They're not relieving the world of refugees. They're not helping refugees. Um, uh, leave their status, but rather to stay in it and also to create uh, a, a warlike atmosphere within, uh, within Gaza and within the West Bank that perpetuates the idea that Palestinians will someday be able to recover their lost land. Hmm. Mm. And and of course the pro- yeah the the problem here as well as well maybe more than anything is it's not just about Israel but in fact they've been complicit or they appear to be having been complicit in the in Hamas's rule over Gaza and and we know how difficult that has been. Uh, we haven't seen a statement. We haven't seen anything about freedom of expression. We haven't seen anything about the treatment of the gay community in Gaza, where we know this is happening. We know that right. anybody who raises a voice against the Hamas uh, so-called government has met with severe consequences, and yet only silence from any representative of the United Nations. They have been, in effect, the enemy of the Palestinian people. Well, absolutely, as is the whole, uh, the whole ethic of jihad or the religious calling to jihad is, uh, a crime against the, uh, Palestinian people. Uh, and indeed, you know, UNRWA has, they, they owe their jobs to Hamas. So it's, it's not such a strange relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a noble relationship. You know, Howard, I noticed, uh, I listened to National Public Radio, NPR, this morning, and they were interviewing a um, a uh, representative from Doctors Without Borders. Mm. This is somebody 
in France, but the uh, interviewer on NPR kept asking, what is the situation in the hospital? What is the situation in the hospital? Babies dying, no fuel, no air, no water. And I keep thinking, and how... How is it with Hamas? How is it trying to practice medicine with Hamas running around your hospital? Never the question. So speaking to your point of complicity, it isn't just UNRWA being complicit, but it's the media being complicit, never asking the question of those people there. What, why do you think that Hamas should, uh, surrender? Do you think Hamas should, uh, should, uh, turn over the hostages, uh, to, to Israel? to save their people for humanitarian purposes. Never the question. Why? Why, James? Why never the question? Why is it that Doctors Without Borders, which I have to believe is uh, got its roots as a humanitarian organization, I even believe that around the United Nations, that actually they want to do good. Why is it when it comes to this story that everything is subverted? Well, I think there probably is, in truth, there probably is tremendous pressure on the part of, you can imagine, Hamas coming in and saying, under no circumstances with any interview with the press are you to mention the presence of Hamas in this hospital. And so mm-hmm. I think that you know, there may be life and death kinds of pressures on them. Perhaps I, I, I haven't. That's a that's that's only a conjecture. But uh, certainly Hamas. It's Hamas keeps denying uh, that there that they are in uh, Al Shifa or any. So other who's hospital. fighting back? <laughs> Well, who's fighting, who's fighting back? <laughs> I mean, then, then the IDF should really be able to walk through the front doors as they slide open, and then they, they'll be in the hospital. Who's fighting back if it isn't Hamas? It's certainly not the babies in the incubators. So, no. so who is it? Uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like we are, and the press and the media is deliberately being uh, stupid. It, 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 I just, it, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. How do they accept it? And, and these are, you know, I see this on social media, really, really so-called smart South African commentators. And, and they're saying, you know, there's no proof that Hamas is there. And I said, but then who's fighting back? And of course they don't answer, but they're not asking themselves these questions. How are they so obtuse? How is it possible not to see what's in front of you? Yes, yes. And I'll tell you one other thing, Howard, that's, that's huge in this whole issue of denial, and that is Hamas is essentially a death cult. Mm, it, mm. it, it says we, they say out loud, they have written it, they, in interviews, we love death, uh, more than, uh, we love life. Death is, is an honor to us. Death is martyrdom. Death is so the future. So what are they waiting not for? Just, I'm sorry, that's probably not just the fighters. But the, those patients in that hospital. Well, that's the problem, are... exactly, because for them, a, it, it would be more successful to have dead babies than living ones. Exactly. There's more, exactly. there's, there's more, uh, yeah, there's more currency in it. But, but we never hear that analysis no. or that, the examination of those values from the media. It's a, it's a crime, really. It's it, a it, it is indeed. Very interesting conversation. I'd love your thoughts, please, uh, on 34519 or 0618951019. That was James Sinkinson, president of Facts and Logic about the Middle East, talking about the United, the uh, EU finally coming out and saying that Hamas is using civilian 
shields, human civilian shields. Will the United Nations follow? You let me know what you're thinking.